You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Our number two Illini Guys Sports Spectacular, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley, and saying hello to uh, the folks at WJBC in Bloomington, the newest uh, stop along the line. Hello and welcome. Welcome aboard. Excited to have them on, you know. Spent a lot of time in Bloomington. So yeah. those, are, those are good. Those are good people. That's that's God's country, right? It is. Kind of- yeah. I spent a lot of time in Bloomington as I lived there for almost 20 years. And my parents are still listening on WJBC the way they've listened to WJBC for since the 40s. Since since radio <laughs> began. Yes. Yeah, since like since soon after Marconi. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, one guess. One guess what I used to do with Mike Kegley in Bloomington. I, I don't want to know this. Like I, this is, this is, we're, we're, we're on the radio, Larry. We can't be talking about these things. Come on now. Pizza. I ate pizza. pizza. Oh, pizza, pizza. That's right. Pizza. Uh, the man's a teacher. Somebody's <laughs> trust their children to him. Captain <laughs> JBC just said, Ooh, all right. Well, what? No, what, what's right. going on here? What are we putting on the radio? Here? <laughs> we are the sports spectacular line. guys. With IlliniGuys.com, and we're so glad you guys are with us all the way through, no matter where you're listening. Thanks again for being with us on this weekend here as uh, we get into April. And uh, Brad uh, DeMonte talked about it last hour, that uh, the guys back in the weight room, what's what's going on right now? Let's talk a little bit more about the schedule right now and, and what guys are doing, um, and now the basketball's over. Yeah, off-season workouts, they get them in. You know, they're doing a lot of individual skills, and we're kind of improving those things that, that you know, maybe they can – in, in practice season, you know, you do a lot of individual drills and you do things, but it's not the same thing. The focus isn't on, you know, it's team improvement as opposed to individual improvement. Now's the time for these guys to really focus on themselves. And then the coaches sit down and work with them. Here's the area where you need to make strides, whether it's working on a jump shot, maybe it's ball handling, maybe it's, you know, uh, quickness, explosion, whatever it could be. And that, there's been a lot of time with Fletch in the weight room. Um, we see, you know, lots of posts on Instagram with those those pained looks on their faces as they're trying to do whatever he's whatever process he's put them through that they're not loving at the moment but they'll love eventually when they're in better shape and a little bit stronger and more athletic but yeah that that, that's how they're spending their spring I think it's really this is a key time for individual players to kind of make their mark and also show your work ethic I'm in the gym look how much time I'm spending in the gym when I don't necessarily have to be in the gym yeah, and and I the thing I'm want to ask you about Brad is is a lot of people realize Tim Anderson, of course, is great at doing the individual training of basketball players and has several players who are in the NBA. Uh, and 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 I don't want to discount the knowledge that Coach Underwood has or Chester or Jeff, but it does does Tim lead some of these development of what these guys need to work on or how, how do they divide up their labor in that? Well, you know, they, they all spend time with them. You know, Jeff works a lot with the post, Chester with the guards, and Tim kind of has an overall development plan for these guys. And um, this is kind of the, you know, Tim Anderson is known for his player development. That's one of those things. And, and it was funny because I talked to, you know, um, Chester one time, and he said, he said, it's been great learning from Tim the things that he does with those NBA guys because, or has done with the NBA guys. And it's been really good. And this is a guy, Chester's a guy who's been basketball his whole life. He's been through college. He's played for different coach work, but he's still learning too. And, and I, Tim even said to me one time, 
he's always learning too. So these are guys, that's the whole thing about this. You're always gaining knowledge. You're always working with it. And having a guy who works with NBA players or has worked a lot with NBA players really, I think, advances your staff and gives you a different perspective maybe than other college staffs might have. That's a great point. Um, you know, what about in terms of, um, you know, no more COVID for once? I mean, you know, Brad <laughs> Underwood did a great interview, by the way, down in, in, in Orlando and New Orleans, I should say. And we're going to hear some of that a bit later on this hour. And one of the things he talked about is, you know, for the first time, like they, they came back that Monday after losing to Houston and, and getting knocked out of the NCAA tournament and said, OK, we're back in the weight room. This like this is what we do in the offseason. Like talk about in terms of it's got to be just a special feeling to know that you've got a full regular summer, regular offseason to work together and not like it has been the past couple of years. Yeah, it's been I mean, you go back, you had two years ago, you know, everything shuts down in March and you have nothing. Basically, they, they were on their own. You know, they'd send them workout plans. Hey, do this. Well, you don't know if they're doing it. Then last year they were in a bubble. So they let them go home because they'd been in a bubble since, you know, August, basically because of COVID. And so they let them go home, interact with their families, get out and see people during that spring. Um, And then the, then the kids, guys are in the NBA draft, you know, it's longer. Kofi wasn't back on campus till late July. I mean, it it was crazy. So they are so excited to actually have a normal offseason, player development, skill development, and also just knowing you'll have a roster set pretty much in June instead of waiting till August to try and figure out who's going to be on your team. Yeah, and, and I've always been curious, especially watching Kofi develop. He, he was a better passer last year than he was the year before. But, you know, Brad, what type of drills does he need to do to work on those passing skills out of the post that don't require three guys to hang on him and somebody else to be across the court while he's trying to throw out of that, that mess. What can he do to get better at that? Most of it's recognition. I I mean, I think it's film. A lot of it's going to be in film. Um, And and it's different when you're getting beat up, like you mentioned by three guys, he's got one guy on hanging on each arm and that guy grabbing around the left leg, you know, like Jeff Van Gundy, you know? So, uh, so we have a, but I think the biggest thing for him, you put him in these drills, they'll, they'll have situations where, creating more um, opportunities for him to pass to cutters, more, more action, post-action, more movement. I think those are things you're going to see them do more of next year. Now that they have maybe an off season where they can put a lot of these things in and make it a little bit uh, more dynamic of an offense. And I just think too, with you think about, you mentioned about just guys always hanging on him. I was watching the highlights this week of Oscar Sheebway as it was announced, he won the wooden award and he's deserving. I mean, he's had a great season. He's a, he's just a, he's an outstanding person, but every highlight I saw, he was one-on-one on offense. And I thought, my goodness, what would Kofi have done if he was able to go one-on-one anytime he touched the ball? I mean, it just, you know, what a difference it would have been uh, this year. We saw that against Wisconsin. He'd averaged about 37 a game. Well, exactly. He would be player of the year, uh, you know, 25 and 16 probably. Um, talk about the team um, and changes possibly to this team. Uh, transfer portal, recruiting. Uh, Ken is on his way. I heard his horse right outside the door, and um, he's coming in right now with his recruiting roundup with lasso in hand <laughs> right here on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlaniGuys.com. You know, we are so fortunate on the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular and AtlantaGuys.com. They have 
the two best basketball insiders. Uh, they're the OGs, Brad Sturdy, you know, and our man, Kedrick Prince, comes on right now. Ked, the big story this week, uh, the five-star, Sky Clark, committing Thursday night to Illinois. I like to say this. The sky is on your move. <laughs> I mean, I tell you, there's a lot of uh, Happy Illini fans out there, um, you know, this week, you know, Social media has been great, you know, the last couple of days with this with this commitment. Um, getting a five-star recruit to commit just tells you where the program is going, the direction that they're going in. It's, it's trending up. I mean, I know, you know, I say that an awful lot, but this kid committing on ESPNU and, you know, being asked why Illinois, and he gave all, all these positive vibes about, you know, Coach Adam Fletcher and helping him, you know, heal his ACL and, you know, getting Illinois, you know, to the next level. And then playing with Ty Rogers, uh, Coach Tim Anderson, he's had a great relationship with. So this is just all coming together. It's very, very nice. Yeah, I was going to say, what, is it, what does it mean to the program? Not just, uh, not just obviously on the court. We know that he's an outstanding player. But that kind of publicity, like you said, I mean, you know, we, we were talking, you know, last hour with the Illini gals, that this doesn't happen very often, that an, an Illinois team that has – all Americans and has five-star kids going on ESPN to commit. I mean, what does this mean to the program? Well, you know, Iowa was a five-star kid. He didn't do the whole ESPN thing. Well, you know, he had a big, big deal at, you know, at Brand Jordan up in Chicago, but this is different because he's not an Illinois kid, you know? So publicity wise, you know, this tells you that they're not just, you know, going to Peoria and Chicago and Decatur and the Quad Cities. They got a guy originally from Tennessee who is a legit five-star kid. So now kids nationally are going to look at Illinois and see this is a place you can go win at. Yeah, and and even looking at other people that they're they're going after, including uh, Chicago native Terrence Shannon, who may be the most athletic and game-changing guy in the portal right now. What are we hearing about uh, Mr. Shannon? You know, from my understanding, Mr. Shannon has developed a really good relationship, you know, with some of the current kids on the roster right now. And, I mean, I've seen, you know, that go the other way, you know, and go against Illinois. But, you know, there's no secret that the family, um, the parents of Terrence Shannon, both are Illinois fans. I mean, they, they love the University of Illinois. Um, I, you know, I think what was unique, you know, and I had a conversation, you know, with one of them and, they talked about watching Illinois play a lot in all their games when Texas Tech wasn't playing. So that tells you the love that they have for, for the University of Illinois and also being home and the fact that Illinois is winning again. But what I like about Terrence Shannon as a basketball player, when you look at the NCAA tournament, you know, the last week 16, final eight, final four, there was a lot of kids and in, in, the, in the team that Illinois played in Houston. There was a lot of Terrence Shannons out there, a lot of athletic wings who can shoot and dunk and finish in traffic. And other than R.J. Melendez, that's the only kid on the, on the Illinois roster that even remotely looks like that. So, you know, I give the staff credit. I think there, there's going to be a different look. You know, Brad Sturdy has mentioned this a number of times. The roster and the way they play next year is going to be a lot different than what fans are used to, I think. Yeah, no question. I, I think that they want to change their roster, get longer, get more athletic. Instead of having a 6'2", 6'3", power forward or a 6'5", power forward, they want to have a guy who's actually, you know, a legit power forward. And wings, you know, two guards, instead of being 6'1", you know, and 5'11", you, you want to have guys who are 6'5", and 6'4". The length, the ability to defend is better. I mean, nothing against Trent Frazier. He's fantastic defensively. But he's still, he's fighting at a disadvantage as opposed to a guy who's 6'5". So, 
those are things that Brad Underwood wants to change. And I think Terrence Shannon, it, it would be a huge addition. I think he's the top player in the portal. Um, Illinois is in on him. And so that tells you the kind of player, again, that Brad Underwood's recruiting. And speaking of, in terms of getting taller and getting more athletic, another name is Brandon Murray, six foot five inch out of LSU. Um, he's somebody, I believe, that uh, one of you were talking this week on the Illini.com, IlliniGuys.com message boards that Murray actually has scheduled a visit for Illinois, right? So in the mix with him as well? Yeah, I believe so. And I'll tell you what, I mean, if they ever pull that out, there'll be another Chester Frazier home run. He is a difference maker. And I mean, not to, you know, you know, repeat the same thing over and over again, but it's another six, five guard who's long and, you know, not just from an offensive standpoint. I mean, he can defend, he can shoot it. They're just slashers. And the way the game is played in college basketball today and in the NBA, there's guys to who, who, who fit that mold. And he will be a nice, nice addition. You know, if you were to rank players in the transfer portal, I'd probably put him third, you know, second or third. I mean, wow. I think he's that, he's, he's that kind of a player. And, again, let's look at where he's possibly visiting and Illinois is going to have a shot at this kid. So, yeah, I've actually had a chance to break down some film on Murray. And the interesting thing about him is he's he graded out at 80th percentile defensively. So he's a fan for a freshman. So that tells you he's in the top 20% of defenders in the country as a freshman, which means he's pretty good. He's highly athletic. He can get to the rim. He can shoot the three a little bit. Um, the big thing with him is he actually he's seen as more of a wing, but there's a kid you watch him. He's very good in ball screen actions. And Illinois used to use you know multiple guys in ball screen actions. And so you can see that him really fitting in the system. And like Ked mentioned, he's a Chester Frazier guy. Now, the coaches are going to be out recruiting. They have a dead period through that ended um, on Thursday and then the, they'll be out recruiting over the weekend and they have another dead period starts the 11th through the 14th of April and then it opens up and that's when you're going to see these kids visit and I expect Brandon Murray to be uh, on campus at Illinois at some point there in mid-April. Yeah it's it's pretty incredible I we're also hearing that uh, Courtney Ramey you know who is a St. Louis native who played for Texas is uh, looking maybe in the way or gazing towards Champaign-Urbana. What are we hearing about that, kid? You know, I that was a recruitment that I got really close to uh, when he was uh, before he committed to Texas. And I, I will tell anybody who's listening, Illinois. It was Illinois and Texas. You know, for, you know, for all you know, all the way to the end. John Gross did a great job of recruiting that kid and he had a great relationship with the Illinois coaches and with the Illinois fan base. And he comes from a good program. I mean, his dad runs his own AAU program. And I think, you know, Illinois is looking for that leadership guard. They want an older guard, which is kind of nice to have, um, you know, I guess long-term and, you know, but a lot of it, it you know, a lot of it's going to depend on what coach Underwood is going to do with the younger guys, you know, in the non-conference schedule, but having a veteran guy that's played Division One ball and he's a good defender, he's he's a very good shooter. I think, guys, and this is not a secret, Brad Underwood. I think he's probably lost a couple of hairs with just the lack of shooting that his team has experienced. And if you look at his roster and everybody that we mentioned and everybody that they're going after, they can all shoot the basketball. Yeah, Ramey's a Ramey's a very uh, he's a that veteran point guard. You know, he'd be that veteran point guard that only needs with these young guard, great great young guards. You know, Jaden Epps is going to be really good, but you know, and if Sky Clark, you know, possibly you're talking about really talented freshman guards. But having a you know a fifth year guy who can come in and kind of run the show, and also they can learn from um, for a year. 
it, it could be really important. And when you've got a team that has a chance to be really, really good, you, you hate to leave it up to like a freshman, freshman guard or freshman backcourt. Well, and now, guys, let's look at look ahead a little bit as we got about a minute left here in terms of what this starting lineup could look like. And even guys off the bench, um, you know, we know this time of year you talk about guys and, and you don't get everyone. But it sounds like talking to the two of you and reading the stuff you put on every day on IlliniGuys.com on the message forums that there's a real good shot that that Illinois could wind up here come Memorial Day with Clark, Shannon and Murray all coming in and Ramey, there's a possibility as well. Kind of look ahead a little bit and, and what this team looks like now athletically uh, on both ends of the court, a much different look. It sounds like for a next fall for Brad Underwood and, and the team. I know for, for a fact that, I mean, they're going to get some of these kids. I mean, you know, let's be honest. I mean, they're not going to, you know, swing and a miss this time, you know, they're going to get to show these kids and what, I really want the fans to look forward to is that you're going to see a different look. Even if Kofi Coburn comes back, the way the offense is going to be ran and what they're going to do offensively is going to be a lot different than what you've seen in the past. You know, um, they want him to, to, to slim up a little bit and, you know, get on the perimeter. He, Kofi can defend on the perimeter. I just don't know if he can do it, you know, for 35 minutes a game because he's proven he, he can guard a little bit. But when you get these this team on the, uh, you know, this team on the court, they're going to be able to surprise a lot of people. And I think these people who are putting their top 25 teams out, they have Illinois in their top 20, but if they get this group, they could potentially be a top 10 team and possibly win the Big Ten again. I mean, they will be one of the favorites along with Michigan. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a, it's an exciting time. I mean, they've got a ton of talent, ton of guys that are, um, you know, that are talented players at long, athletic, a different look. And you saw a team that could win the Big Ten this year. I think Brad Underwood wants to move in a different direction where he wants a team that can win a national title. And and he looked at the teams that are in the Final Four, and this is what we need, and that's what you're seeing them target in the portal. And if, if we can also, let's stop for a moment and pause and think about this. We have an Illinois program that's a Big Ten champion looking to make major changes. I mean, stop and think about that. That's that, to your point. That's kind of where Brad Underwood's mindset is. Big Ten championships are awesome. We got that, but we're reaching much higher. Um, it's kind of a scary thought if you're the rest of the league and rest of the country. Hey, we'll leave it there. Kedrick, thanks so much, man. We'll uh, And you're going to ride on out of here. We'll see you next week. Appreciate it. As always. Get that lasso. Rassle up some recruiting news. See you, partner. Sky Clark news. All right. Hey, Ken, thanks. Uh, We go a little outside the box up next. What's your favorite 80s movie? The answers might surprise you. Might even surprise us. That's next. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. This is Jeff Alexander, assistant basketball coach for the Fighting Illini. You're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Uh, we're right back here. Atlanta guys, sports spectacular, Larry Smith here with Brad Sturdy and Mike Kegley. Before the break, uh, I asked the question and um, uh, everyone laughing about this favorite eighties movies. Here we go. 
Brad, let's, well, let's start you, with you. you. Well, see, there's so many. I know Mike's going to pick Mystic Pizza just because it has pizza in the name. So he's <laughs> definitely Julia Roberts, there. though. Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts and Boom. pizza. Gone. He can't, can't go wrong. Gone. He can't go wrong with Julia Roberts Pizza. So I figured he picked that one. I've already mentioned one of mine. You know, I I love Bull Durham, right? Yeah. I mean, Bull yeah. Durham is a classic. You know, you go back to things like, and I always think about like airplane. And of course, then then we got to get into the debate. The next one I'm going to mention, Die Hard. I love Die Hard. Is it a Christmas, Christmas. movie? It, yes, is it, it is. Is an age Christmas an age? I mean, so there's that there's that tough thing. So we've just opened another can of worms here in these '80s movies. But I, I love the '80s movies. So Mike, Mike, you got to tell me besides Mystic Pizza. What's your? Maybe it's Pretty Woman. Who knows? Or go no, ahead. If, if Julia Roberts 90s, think, is so. if, if Julia Roberts is in it, it's not on my list. Um, you know, I was th- thinking to myself, <laughs> do I go? Do I go Raiders? Raiders of the Lost Ark, Empire Strikes Back. Oh yeah, Goodfellas, good. Scarface, Aliens. Do I go Blade Runner, Die Hard, Batman, Princess Bride, oh. The Highlander? What about What about When Harry Met Sally? That's a good 80s movie. Uh, that's a good 80s movie, but I think there's there's really there's one that, that stands above all for me. I'll be back. The Terminator. Yeah, yeah. The Terminator. Terminator. As we the were Terminator. kids, as we were kids, we went to the movie theater. We're like, oh my God, Arnold is awesome. <laughs> that made hey, it. I'm gonna give you one. I'll give you one here that's not as highly acclaimed. That was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I watch it every time I see it. A Fish Called Wanda. Oh, yeah. Great movie. Great, Great movie. movie. Jamie Lee Curtis was awesome. Yes. Yes. Um, Fish Called Mel Wanda. Brooks, fantastic. Mel Brooks' History of the World. Oh, that was mine. Was, yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. And, of course, my favorite comedy of the 80s. People think I'm going to say Ghostbusters or Stripes. But Spinal Tap. Because it goes to Spinal 11. Spinal Tap. It goes to 11. Well, why don't you scratch off the 11 and make 10 the top? Because this goes to 11. <laughs> oh. Hey. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I, we hey, are we Cleveland. Got the, uh, basketball, basketball guys, though, we got to – I'm a school teacher basketball guy, so I got to talk about Hoosiers yeah. and Breakfast Club, too. Got to mention yeah. those. And, of course, being a golfer, we have to mention – Caddyshack. There you right? go. There you go. Good stuff. Yep. Yep. And and like I said, it, that was a fantastic Cinderella story. Came out of nowhere. <laughs> the preacher. He, you know, he had a good good round of golf out there. I mean, it, it, it's just a it's just a spectacular movie. Um, uh-huh. and great great era. This is going exactly yes. the way I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, although Raiders oh, of the e. Lost Ark, no, Mike, no ET for you, no ET. I, I did, I've never seen ET. Wait, I, what? Wait, wait, not inter- wait, hang on. How could you not have seen ET? There's it, no way you haven't seen ET. Everybody, I can honestly tell you? you. Yeah, look, I was, I was, I was a, a senior in 1984 slash 1985. I'm not going to ET. It, it, it just not going. You're too. Right. Oh, Mike was worried about being cool. Yeah, exactly, man. I, I got, forget, I Larry. Got, he, he's okay. he's much he's much older than us, Larry. So yeah, I had to okay. go to flash dance. Okay, that was that was scarring when I had nope. to go to flash dance. No footloose. No purple rain. Uh, footloose. Oh, that'd be mm, scarring. That's purple awesome. rain. I I loved. I love Prince. I, I, Prince. Oh, purple rain. There you go. Yeah, yeah. that's a great movie. I, 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 how about hey? Have, it, let's make. How about do the right thing. 
do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been. Great. But yeah, but I could have been. One, one, Larry, one, what's one, yours? Uh, anybody about last night? No. Come on. Jim Belushi. Oh, Jim Belushi. Jim Belushi. Come on. Then don't know. <laughs> All right. He was good in red heat with so Arnold. That's, that was the clean line that I could put up there. So anyway, we'll talk more. We'll do this again. We'll do this again. Uh, bottom of the hour. We got to take a commercial break because everyone's going to be mad at us if we don't. We've got more coming up. Brad Underwood. We'll hear from him. Please. And, uh, please go away. <laughs> this is a sports spectacular. We promised you entertainment. Back after this. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. All he's ever done is everything I've asked. That's, that's as, big as, time. As yeah. a freshman, he was on a team that wasn't very good, mm-hmm. and we needed him to score. He's one of the, and here he comes in as a freshman. He has 30 in multiple games as a freshman. As a sophomore, Io comes in. We're the, the, the losingest season in the history of Illinois basketball. Nine new guys, we start a bunch of freshmen, and Trent becomes that guy who plays next to Io, helps Io grow. Next year, we blossom. Io, we've got Andres Felice, we've got Io, we've got Trent, and Trent just plays as, becomes an elite defender. Mm-hmm. He couldn't spell it when he got out of high school. <laughs> and, I and, still can't spell it. And now he and now he's that guy. I don't know what that is. And, <laughs> and I mean, he became a guy that every time you faced Trent Frazier, you had an off night. Yeah. And and he just did whatever it took to win. And and man, there's what an example. What an example for the rest of your transfers and your absolutely. New guys. And there's no there's no way to replace that guy. Yeah. That's Coach Underwood on his star player Trent Frazier, who uh, guys finally hangs him up after five seasons as an Illini. Yeah, Trent, um, you know, what a great career, you know. I mean, there's a kid who came in, and Underwood described it perfectly. He came in, he didn't know how to spell defense, and now he's one of the best defenders in the country at the end of his career. He came in as a scorer. You know, if you watch Trent play a little bit in high school, I got the opportunity to watch him play a little bit, you know, before he came to Illinois. And he was just a guy who was a high-volume shooter. Um, he could score. He was, you know, he was he was the same. He's confident. <laughs> No, but you, I was you, never okay. I may have shot it a lot, but I never was that athletic. Okay, no way okay, was I that okay. athletic. Never close. <laughs> so, so it, here's the thing I think is funny about you know listening to Coach Underwood is he's got this reputation as oh the big tough guy, you know, and when he talks about Trent, that's the same type of pride that he talks about his own son, and when you're a player. Talking about a coach who will develop your skill sets to that level and then take pride in what you're doing and, and, and take that type of enthusiasm, um, that's got to be the type of guy you want to go play basketball for. Yeah, yeah. And I think, too, what I really appreciate about his uh, true love for Trent, um, beyond player, almost like, like you said, like another son, is that it, Trent really epitomizes this program from where it began to where they have it now, considering that, that they both began with the Illinois program at the same time. He talks about IO. We know what IO did for this program, but it's guys like glue. And of course our buddy DeMonte last hour that really were, were the glue of this, um, that this culture and the future of the program doesn't exist without a Trent Frazier. Yeah, there's no question. Trent was a big part of this turnaround, one of, he and DeMonte were the, were the guys that made this program where it is winning big 10 titles as opposed to finishing last in the big 10. Yeah. I gotta be honest with you. You know, again, when, when those guys came 
and 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 they really set the culture. And and I'll throw Io in with that as well. Although you know he had obviously uh, MBA aspirations that have turned out to be uh, you know happening. But um, you know those guys really made the, the Fighting Line what they are today. And the return to greatness has a lot to do with those two individuals. A quick question for Brad. Um, he had the shoulder injury back in the, the, the exhibition season. When is that surgery and what's next for him? I know that we talked about Brad Underwood felt that he was going to get probably invited to some camps and things. What's his outlook the next three to six months? What's happening with Trent Frazier? Well, I, I, I'm not sure what he's going to do about the shoulder yet. Um, that's kind of still up in the air. I'm not sure if he, he I know he hasn't had the surgery yet, but because um, the the pre he has some draft camps coming up Portsmouth, I believe. I think Trent's going to get an invite to Portsmouth. Um, I, I haven't not positive, but I think that he will. And then um, the other side of it is he'll, he's going to go to these workouts. The one thing they're going to find about Trent is his ability to just guard anybody. And he will put up, he, he can put shots in and, you know, he can shoot open threes. So he can be kind of a three and D guy. And, his, but his defense, they're going to understand his lateral quickness and things are just next level. Um, so he's got a chance to maybe be a roster guy, play in a G league or, or something like that and get a two way or something down the road. Um, because, and people have noticed uh, what he's been able to do um, this year. Yeah, no question about that. Uh, by the way, that was Brad Underwood talking to the field of 68 guys. Uh, it's a great interview. We'll play a bit more of that here in a few minutes. Let's check in right now with our Illini gal standing by oh so patiently, Adelia McKenzie. Um, Adelia, who we talked in a moment ago in the commercial break, excited because her homework for the week is done, right? Yep, it's all done. <laughs> Good for you. I'm a scholar queen. <laughs> <laughs> we love to hear it. We love to hear it. Um, how are things going this week? Things are going well. Um, been having workouts. Worked out this morning, actually, at 8.30 a.m. And it was good. Uh, we worked on, like, post, passing to the post, starting passes to do. Worked on our shot and ball handling. It was a really good skill development workout. Yeah, it's it's probably hard. You got to do a lot of skill development. It's hard to get a lot of team activity in with the limited numbers right now, right? So uh, as you kind of go through this, is this really your time to develop those skills? So you and, and kind of show the new coach what you can do. Yeah, um, I think it's a good opportunity to just just show like my skill and my game and stuff. But I'm pretty sure she's been liking it, you know. <laughs> I would say I'm pretty good. <laughs> well, that, that type of confidence is important in front of uh, new coaches. Um, what, uh, how do you feel like your relationship is starting here? Because you're blazing a trail here. Uh, you have opportunity to be the foundation of, of, of the program uh, with a new coach. Uh, how is that, that going early on? It's going well. Um, I know we've talked about how I told you guys, um, I talked to her many times and just like what she wants for the program and what's her vision. And I like it a lot. Like it's more than just winning. It's more of like success every day. And she wants to grow every day. She said we won't get there fast, but it will happen. So I think that I really buy into that because I'm all about winning and success in every aspect. And it's just been going well. She's a really good person. You know, we could hear, we mentioned this last week when you're on the show, talking to Adelia McKenzie here in the Sports Spectacular. And we, we were talking then, we could, we could hear your enthusiasm. This is, and this is in no disrespect at all to um, any of the coaches you've had in the past, but 
Um, you know, it sounds like also that that Coach Green is looking to you to to be one of the the leaders and and to set the pace in terms of um, like we saw. You know, we talked a moment ago with the with Io Desumu and, and Trent Frazier on, on the guy side with Brad Underwood. Um, it sounds like you're ready to embrace that role. Talk about kind of how that's changed your outlook and and how you approach each time you walk into the gym, knowing what your role is going to be on this team, both on and off the court. Yeah, knowing I uh, have to step into that role just pushes me to be better and motivates me. Like, I already have a year of experience under my belt, and I've been at the school already, and I know we're going to have new recruits and stuff. And I know, Coach, we talked about, like, when there's visits and being there for those visits and just kind of, like, being there – a part of the reason why people come here, but I've been working on being more of a vocal leader. I work out, so I've just been talking more and encouraging more, you know, being early at workouts, just the little things I've just been working on so I can really establish that leadership role. How much do you feel like you're maybe that being that leadership role? Is that, is that your mentality? Have you always been kind of a leader and now you're stepping into it because you're, you, you're kind of a veteran now, or is that something new for you? It's something new, but not new. Like in high school, I was the leader on the team and stuff like that. But I always led by example. I never really was a vocal leader. And that's what's new to me now. Just talking more like in the workouts, the coaches would tell everybody like, y'all talk more, you know, like encourage other more, you know, because being a leader, like a vocal leader is it isn't easy, you know, but I've been working on that. It's pretty new. Yeah, and, and you're dealing with three vocal leaders right here, so uh, we have we hardly have a chance to let each other talk. Um, <laughs> when it comes to uh, defense, when you're looking at uh, playing playing defense, uh, is that something where you think this new, uh, you know, more talk, et cetera, will really translate to better results on the court as well, just from a standpoint of help defense and things like that? Yeah, for sure. Um... Coach actually talked about how her defense is and, like, what she expects. And it's just like, you're definitely going to have to talk. Because if not, uh, I think we'll be seeing the bench. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. We will uh, we'll leave it at that. Because, Adelia, you already told us last week that you're back to wearing deodorant all the time. And that's a that's a great that's a great step also in being a leader. (laughs) Yeah, it is. You know, set the stage, you know, smell good and have good body odor. (laughs) (laughs) priorities priorities (laughs) it's little things that keep everybody happy and keep everyone moving forward and actually being close to each other in the locker room maybe not for the games though i might you know a couple games you know a couple big games oh i would definitely yeah Yeah. you know what don't shower for a week either i mean let's let's put it to task don't listen to mike (laughs) yeah so we're so we've got so last hour we had Demonte. We're trying to turn him into a gambler, and now we got Adelia. We're trying to get her to not um, not take a shower. For a week. <laughs> so, and Mike's sitting there eating eating pizza, it's and that breakfast called, pizza. It's called strategery. Strategery, something, <laughs> something. I don't know. Oh, we, we we probably should explain for those who who don't listen to the show every week. Adelia admitted that one of her stranger moments her freshman season she forgot to wear deodorant at practice and uh, it just opened the floodgates for all of us here the good thing is she's a good sport and uh, we love her to death adelia thanks we'll talk with you next week have a great weekend yes you guys too
right. Take care. See you next weekend. Brad Underwood uh, talking to some national media last week in New Orleans, how he adapted with all the injuries this season, debunking the biggest myth about the Big Ten and why he's already put the Houston loss way behind him. It's pretty good stuff. And it's next right here on the Illini Guys Radio Network. I'm Kofi Coburn. When it comes to facing my opponents on the basketball court, that's easy. You know what else is easy? OSF On-Call Urgent Care. That's right, Kofi. When you need care for minor illnesses and injuries that's easy to get when and where you need it, OSF On-Call Urgent Care is your MVP. Walk in 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even holidays, or connect with a virtual visit 24-7, 365 days a year. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgentcare. You know, we're big believers in what Brad Underwood is building at the U of I. The change in culture immediately evident and the individual and team accomplishments really speak for themselves. Last week, he joined the Field of 68 podcast during Final Four Week in New Orleans and had some great points. And we want to share a bit of that exchange with you now. And we'll talk about it on the other side. You know, and and this is going to sound really juvenile. I was a junior college coach. Yeah, that's helped a lot of guys. I mean, it was 10 guys every year. Yeah. And, and yet you figured out what your core values were, probably just as big as Kofi being out. We played games this year without Curbelo, without yep. Trent Frazier, Austin Hutcherson, who was, nobody ever talks about, missed an entire season again. Mm-hmm. Those were my three primary ball handlers. And, I mean, I played Coleman Hawkins at 6'10", who's a power forward, at point in some games. We had to adjust, and it, it hurt us in the end because we didn't we were trying to win games Mm -hmm. and so we had to make adjustments on the fly that way instead of enhancing our culture Mm -hmm. and enhancing what we were doing keeping the keeping things simple and just getting great at them and um, that was a challenge but uh, you know when you've got that many injuries I mean I had nine starting lineups before uh, Christmas yeah that's more than I've had in my career Mm -hmm. and that I didn't like. I'm a guy who likes to get a rotation. I'm a very big bench guy, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, but it is what it is. I can't. I can make all the excuses and talk about it, and you better figure out how to win. Yeah. And and if you don't, then shame on you. You're not doing your job. I'm not a guy who gets stuck in a routine. Say I've got to play this way. Mm-hmm. You better. You better figure out how to win. And and. Uh, um, we had to do that this year. You mentioned one guy. Sorry, you mentioned one guy there that I'm a huge fan. Coleman Hawkins. His potential is through the roof, and you, you could see it happen in spurts this season. Heading into his future, I mean, what is his ceiling? Yeah, he's. He, I mean, he's got enough talent to play at the next level, yeah, and I, and that's that's. Uh, he's kind of that modern day six ten. Can handle it. Can can shoot it. He's an instinctive player. He's got great IQ and feel. Uh, Got to continue to gain strength, uh, but his versatility, uh, he was a tremendous defender for us because he can really move his feet. He's got great length. Um, and again, a guy that I'm really excited about for the for the future. And uh, as his role manifests, manifests itself and he grows in that uh, confidence, he'll gain that. Um, big thing for us is to have an offseason. Yeah. We haven't had an offseason in three years. Huge. Uh, we started on Monday. Yeah. Just to get back to, okay, here's what the weight room looks like. We're going to have an offseason. We're going to get guys bigger, better, stronger, tougher. And and so I think that's 
an important piece in, in all this as well is trying to get back to some pre-COVID ways of doing things. Sure. When you talk about toughness, a big part of that doesn't always, this younger generation doesn't always understand what that means. Randolph, you went through adversity. I, I, yeah, yeah, you went yeah, through it. Yeah. You, you go, you, yeah. hey, getting smacked in the face and competing and, yeah, and, it's part of growing up. And, and having guys, having not things not go your way all the yeah. time made you the player you are. Yeah. And if you don't go through that and we don't, and we don't challenge guys to become better, then shame on us. We're not coaching them. Mm-hmm. And if I can't get a guy a little bit uncomfortable and know that I love him to death, but I'm just pushing him so that he can become just a little bit better so he can see how he gets better. Um, and, and that's the toughness. That's the connectivity. And, and that, that's molded our locker room, to be very honest, is, is, is you know, we're able to coach guys and we're able to push them and get them better. And, you know, Io DeSumo, great example. Io DeSumo is one of the, has one of the all-time best attributes of any player I've ever coached. Great listener. And is not afraid to take weaknesses and, and he wants to hear him and go work on him. But he gained, he gained 35 pounds. If he'd gone out after his freshman year, he might be playing in Poland somewhere. But he got stronger. He got better. Yep. And now he's he's starting on an NBA team that's winning. Yep. They're in the, you know he's he's not one of those guys. He's not one of those guys that went to a a bad team and averages 15. He's contributing on a team with that, that that's a playoff team, and that's pretty cool. I want to ask you about. Um, kind of the Big Ten performance in the NCAA tournament because it feels like that's become kind of the narrative, right? You have all these teams sure. and they get high up and they get to the NCAA tournament and they don't win. It's just, it, I've never believed that a one game knockout setting is the proper way to evaluate how good a team is. No, right? Exactly, it's not. And and I thought Iowa this year was as good a team as as, as there was in the country, mm-hmm. and yet the game is. I, I think in our case last year, we were a one seed, we got beat. And we can blame it on a lot of things. COVID, I mean, we never got to celebrate the Big Ten tournament win, championship. But you have to understand the urgency of the end. And that's what the NCAA tournament is. Mm-hmm. You get beat, that's a bad locker room after the game. Yep. And you have, if, you, if you haven't experienced that, you can't grow. You can't get there. And... The Big Ten is, in my opinion, has been the best league in the country the last few years. You start, we've got three first-team All-Americans this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we've got great players, and it, we've got steeped cultures and traditions. You, I mean, Iz has been at Michigan State forever, and before that, Judd was there. It's the same culture, and it's ingrained. It was that way at Carolina. It was that way at Duke. You had just tremendous cultures, and in a one-game setting, yeah, we haven't been great, but who's to say next year us and Wisconsin couldn't be here? Mm-hmm. And right. and I think you, you, people make too much of it. It doesn't de- detract that the leagues. It's just talking points. You know, okay, Duke and Carolina are in it this year. Guess what? They're two blue bloods with great histories, great, great cultures. Nobody wants to talk about that. Hubert's taken over. What was Dean Smith's? Right. You know, Coach K's been there 40 years. I mean, I cried watching his ceremony. Just because it'll never happen again, yeah. mm-hmm. we all get fired, and 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 we never get to put our, and and so, you know, Bill's been there how long? Forever. Seven, yeah. twenty years, nineteen. Yeah. How long's Jay been there? Uh, two thousand one. Two thousand. How yeah. long's Jay been there? No, Jay. Jay's two thousand one. Yeah. Bill's two thousand three. Cultures. Mm-hmm. 
cultures, cultures win, not coaching changes. Cultures win, and that's. But I think that, yeah, the Big Ten unfairly gets that. Hey, we're a physical, slow down league. No, we're not. Look at the games in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Houston scored forty-four. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the tournament slows down. We play a style that's fast and yeah, fun, it, and yet it's funny. Did you get that because of the bigs, though? Oh, sure. I wondered if it's people only, thought that yeah, because the, the dominant. The, it was the, the only. It was the league with the most dominant bigs, with dominant front court guys, and I just felt like fair or unfair. That was the reputation that was placed sure. on you guys because you had a Kofi or you had a Hunter, Hunter Dickinson, Dickinson yeah. or you know even if they weren't great, you had other bigs in the league, and everybody kind of played. Yeah. had a big part in their success. And I think that's probably some truth to that. I think that, but you go back in the in history, the league has been was and was I think at one time a slower league you had but does that mean it doesn't play in the NCAA tournament it kind of I can see why people want to say that it doesn't um, but I think you um, everything's cyclical yeah, uh, yeah and and you know who's to say next year the year after we don't have two teams here and and so I I don't I don't make a big deal about it I get it they're talking points we were one seed we got beat um, that's disappointing, but all I know is keep coming back to this thing, and you're going to make a run. It, it's happened to everybody. It happened to Jay. It's happened. I mean, Bill lost to Bucknell and Bradley. I mean, yeah. it happens to everybody in this tournament. Again, that was on the Field of 68 podcast. Guys, job well done with that. We really encourage everyone to, to go check that out, listen to the full interview. It was really good. Uh, fellas, he hit on a, a lot of really key issues heading into the offseason. I think for me, it's the, the, the biggest thing for me is that the change from when he arrived in the culture and the way players, you know, this, the way they play the game, the way they carry themselves, uh, the, the time they're putting in, I, I think it's it, the dedication and it's a culture thing. It really is. I mean, it's a culture of winning, um, that, that has kind of permeated the program and Underwood's done a great job of bringing that in and allowing these guys to flourish. And you've seen some, you know, a big 10 tournament championship and a one seed last year, and then a, you know, a big 10 championship this year. And you see a team that's constantly now being talked about as a consistent top 20, top 25 team year after year, no matter who leaves, they're still considered they're going to be good. And you kind of, that that's the culture that you want. And the thing that, that makes uh, Underwood unique is he doesn't really seem to get satisfied. You know, it'd be awful easy to look back and say, well, you know, I've won the most games in the Big Ten the last three years. But all that seems to do is fire him up because he didn't do as well as he wanted in the NCAAs. And that's the kind of fire that, that, that burns down and it shows the team how they should look at it and how they should cue their behavior as well. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing who they can recruit and what that means to the team on the floor next year. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think the thing he talked about in terms of bringing in winners, like even Alfonso Plummer, I mean, he knew uh, Larry Kostrowiak at Utah had won, had some 20 uh, win seasons. Uh, he had just been dismissed, but they dug into his past to figure out what kind of kid it works. And I know at one point, I mean, we can discuss this another time. We're running out of time. we got to get to a break right now, but, um, there's was a time we talked about like how many of the players were either uh, player of the year in their state or had won state championships. 
And it was most of the team. They've done that. So you're exactly right. That's a culture he's bringing in. This is the Sports Spectacular. We're back with our rapid fire to wrap things up after this. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it. If your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices they can do it for you too what sets neon rain apart they actually deliver on their promises call today for a free consultation 303-957-3092 that's neon rain at 303-957-3092 or visit them at neonrain.com sports spectacular it's the Illini guys wrapping things up on uh, this another weekend um uh, Brad, in case the folks uh, missed it earlier when you're talking to Ked, recruiting this weekend, where are the Illini coaches? Yeah, there's events in Indianapolis and Orlando, huge events. There's like uh, Adidas, the uh, Under Armour, and NY2LA are all in Indy. And then you've got in Orlando, you got the Nike EYBL, and Illinois will be well represented in all locales. Nice, nice. And uh, hey, Mike, Whitney Merciless, uh, the former Illini, calling it quits, 10 year career in the NFL. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was kind of a surprise, you know, because he's only 10 years in the NFL. It shows you how amazing it is to have a long term career in that league. A guy as, as good as him and at his age deciding that it's time to retire because he's an old man. <laughs> yeah, only only 30. He's almost half your age, Mike. <laughs> That's that is the point. Like, it's like, yeah, time to just, you know. Lay down, go to sleep, not wake up. <laughs> uh, Master uh, going uh, all weekend. You guys ever been down to Augusta National? Is that on your? Is there on your bucket list to do? Yeah, I, I'd love I've to actually, go. Yeah, I've been there, not for the tournament, but I've been there. But um, um, yeah, it's amazing. So although the the area around it, as you know, you've been there, Larry. So you know, the area around it is not the nicest area in the world. But um, they keep buying more of it, so maybe it'll be it'll get nicer. But it's it's interesting. Exactly. And they wiped out like a really nice subdivision across streets, like bought yeah, the yeah. property and just raised it for parking. That's yep. it. Why? Yep. Because they can, because they're a yep. custom national. Just saw a story this week. Masters price is up 21% from 2019. They peaked at one point at like 3,500 per badge. And I think now, right now, the average on StubHub this week I saw was $1,644. It's a lot of cheese. Wow. A lot of money. Of course, you may witness history if, you know, Tiger Woods, you know, comes back with one leg and, you know, stripes it down in the middle and wins the wins another green jacket. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, and of course, this week, uh, for those of you who weren't aware, on Wednesday, April 6th, 1987, a day that will live in infamy forever, when Sugar Ray Leonard was given the middleweight title for running around in circles around Marvin Hagler. I'm still not over it. I'm still not happy about it. And it, poor Marvin. He's no 30, longer can argue. 35 years. 35 been, years, Mike. Let I've it go. I've been holding that in. I've been holding it in go for 35 into, go years. Go back. Take a, take a cue from Frozen. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've seen that. Can you put it into like a Marvel or Star Wars or Star <laughs> no, Trek that's thing true. for me? True. What's his favorite current movie? <laughs> Those of you who heard the show earlier, we got to get out of here. We are the Illini guys of Sports Spectacular. Thanks to everyone who uh, joined us uh, these past two hours. We promise we'll do it again same time next week, and we promise to make it better. For Brad and for Mike, I'm Larry. Have a great weekend, and go Illini. I-L-L.
I and I. This I has been I. a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.